a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love. This is Does Does Disney. Now, I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landon the Does Don't kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. This week, we're saying goodbye January. Hello, February. But right now, I want to say hello to my co-host, my tag team partner. You know him. You love him. He's my friend. He's yours. He is the podfather of this very fine podcast. Follow him on his own podcast going live Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. And if you are of the audio-only format that does drop wherever you get your podcast every Friday morning, he is Justin freaking Monorail J. Welcome back to the isolation station love and i think i just realized i didn't even mention the name of your podcast it's the pass holder lounge which it might be pass holder lounge live now that you're doing the whole live tuesday night spiel thing right well thank you thank you landon for <laughs> the, this warm welcome um hello everyone hello february i have a question uh before i respond uh to the name of my podcast do you have a name for your fans, the listeners of Dawes Does Disney? Does that crew have a like unifying title? Or what I think we maybe need to to come up with something if not. Ooh, I like that idea because you're putting me on the spot. Uh fans of Dawes Does Disney, I don't think have a dedicated name, but in the past, fans of me in my previous iterations, they've been known as Landonites. That's so, true. Uh, so maybe we could just apply it here. We could yeah. carry that over. It is a crowd pleaser, and you always got to give the people what they want. I, I like it. I think so. I think just bring on the, the Landonite title for the, the <laughs> nation, the Dawes Nation. Um, so I love, my show is called The Pass Holder Lounge. I just love adding that little postscript of live. Like if you're doing a live show, you gotta throw the live on there. It's it's fun and it lets the people know what's going on. And it's just, I don't know, it's, there's something I've always liked about it. It goes back to, uh, I'm sure that there have been like theme park attractions or things and that they just throw live at the end of. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's cool, it's fun. So I embrace it. I used to do that for the Parks and Monorail's Most Magical Hour. And I think I was the only one who did that um but i thought it was fun so i continue to do it today and you can find me on youtube and come hang out live on tuesday nights yeah fun times are always had by all uh on this past uh episode jay uh, committed to running a marathon so uh so be sure and check that out right false that we're is an untru untruthamitude we're calling him marathon justin now <laughs> justin marathon the kids call him no it's funny because you know i i've tried to get back into the the gym this past week and so people I are thinking that. yeah people uh -huh. are thinking oh you are training to do a, a run disney race." no i'm not i'm i'm training for life because i don't want you know heart problems and cholesterol problems i got to get myself in shape well um, you know jay some say that life is a marathon and by some me mostly says that but you know <laughs> many people okay. are saying it well, in that term, in those terms, then yes, I'm running a marathon. Every you day. heard it right there. He's he's training for a marathon. Everybody, we got him on record. Boom! <laughs> you got me. <laughs> but uh, always fun whenever uh, Papa Monorail decides to darken the uh, door of the isolation station of love. But before we do get into this week's Disney news, it's time to do everybody's favorite news segment. It's this week in Disney history. 
No, there's pew, no pew, sounder. Pew. Oh, okay, oh. we do have a sounder in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's going to be. So be sure and look forward to hearing that uh, every time we get into uh, This Week in Disney History. Wait, now, let me give you a clean one. Perfect, perfect. I can I can layer them up. Maybe maybe put some uh, some sirens around them. It'll oh, man. I'm gonna produce the hell out of that. Uh, uh, my day job's gonna be jealous of the production level that I do for that little clip. Now this week we are recording on January the 29th, and the end of this week is gonna be. February the 4th. So this is what we're looking at when it comes to Disney news. But our first Disney history news item comes to us on January 30th, the day that this podcast dropped. Back in 1988, this phrase was heard for the very first time. Quote, good evening and welcome to the World Showcase. Tonight, we are pleased to present a visual journey, an international fantasy of music and light. We're about to embark on a sparkling, abstract expedition around World Showcase. With the music as your passport, we'll discover sights and sounds from colorful ports of call. And to celebrate our journey, the countries will be united by the festive elements of water, fire, and light. Now, let your imagination be your guide as Epcot Center proudly presents Illuminations. On January 30th, 1988, Walt Disney World's Epcot debuts Illuminations. The nightly show includes 13 special effect projectors, theme music, 12 wire mesh grids, 180 nozzles which create the fountains, and 783 firework pieces. Now, over the next 24 years, there will be three different versions of Illuminations. And now, I don't know if you know this about Illuminations. It used most of the arrangements from the previous A New World Fantasy and Laser Phonic Fantasy shows. Uh, Illumination is, of course, a precursor to the Illuminations Reflections of Earth. Now, Jay, uh, mm -hmm. if you're a fan of any of Jay's previous podcasts, you might know Jay has opinions on Illuminations. Were you, ever, were you ever able to catch the original iteration of Illuminations? I'm sure that I was because we definitely took trips down to, to Disney World uh, during that time frame. So I, I, I may have seen like all three versions of it, but having seen Reflections of Earth, Earth the most, it's the one that I, you know, definitely uh, think of anytime that I think of Illuminations. So, but I, I love that show and I, and I miss it. And um, I, I wish that they hadn't destroyed that globe immediately after they decided to switch uh, nighttime spectaculars in Epcot. So I feel like they could just bring back Illuminations for a little while while they work on whatever's next. I wouldn't mind a little encore tour of Illuminations. Yeah, yeah, almost a farewell tour, if you will. In hindsight, that does kind of feel like a hasty move to just destroy it thinking yeah everybody's gonna gonna love uh love this it's it's not like we're gonna be destroying uh and removing the barges in 18 months or anything right, <laughs> right. Every, everybody's gonna sign up for this forever so uh, yeah, and, 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 in, in retrospect maybe maybe uh maybe a bad move uh but another bad move uh, on january 30th in 2007 uh for 50 cent or fans of the club uh disney's Racket Club, uh, located in uh, the Contemporary Resort's North Wing. It's demolished, so uh, you cannot find Fitty in the Racket Club. Uh, it was demolished to make room for a new Disney World project. The project will later be unveiled in September of 2008 as the Bay Lake Tower 
at Disney's Contemporary Resort. And then finally, on January 30th, this time in the yesteryear of 2021, the M&M Store at Disney Springs, right next to Splitville Luxury Lanes at the NBA Experience. Uh, the uh, M&M Store is open, so you can go uh, check out the uh, Spokes Candies. Uh, I think they're still there. And um, wait, no, hold on. I'm being told in my ear that you don't say... Okay, so so maybe maybe they're not there, but you can still go get uh, some M&Ms at the M&M store because uh, th- today is its birthday at Disney Springs if you're listening to uh, to the pod uh, the day it drops. I hear you can get like customized M&Ms there. I've never actually gone in there to do that, but I hear you can do that. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, here's a fun fact about M&Ms that most people don't know. Regardless of color, they all taste the same. Unless you get the W's those taste different what are your sources on that (laughs) (laughs) el mio taste buds uh moving over uh one day further as a matter of fact january 31st in the year of 1994 we got some more epcot news as epcot's communicore east and west Come to a close. Originally the hub of Epcot Center, both geographically and conceptually, it brought together nearly all the ideas and concepts explored in Future World and complemented the experiences offered by the park's other pavilions. Dedicated to technology advancements, Communicore occupied two buildings behind Spaceship Earth. Now, in an effort to keep Epcot updated and vital, Communicore will be replaced with Innoventions, which will officially open to guests the following September. Do you remember when Interventions opened in September? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we're being honest, I actually don't remember when Innovations opened in September. So, uh, so, so there is that. And then, uh, in 1998, on January 31st, uh, Walt Disney World's Cinderella Castle returns to its traditional look. Now, the reason that is news, because up until this point, dang thing looked like a cake to celebrate the <laughs> 25th anniversary celebration. Um, I would have been very interested to see the posts, the takes, and the thoughts that would have been if Diz Twitter was around back during the 25th anniversary celebration when they announced, hey, we're going to turn Cinderella's castle, we're going to dress it up like a cake. Because years after the fact, people, they still have opinions on this look. I could only imagine what people would be posting in the moment if they were down in the parks looking at Cake Castle. It's so funny now because it's sort of like come full circle and you've got these people who like they're putting out this merch from the vault that has Cinderella Castle as a birthday cake and people are snatching that stuff up and they've got the AR filter where you can take a Snapchat with the castle in the background and it can turn into the birthday cake. And it's like people, I think this is one of those things where Disney, I think they know that generally at the time people were like, not thrilled about it like it's like a hardcore disney fan was and i don't i don't know about like you know your your general day guest who knows but um now disney is sort of like embracing the fact that it was like this was a weird thing we did let's all remember it and have some fun with it <laughs> it's it's the whole thing like in the moment you can't appreciate it but the further you get away from it it's like if if it's not there yeah you want it, it like like if you can't have it you want it but when you can have it you don't necessarily want it. I don't know if that makes sense. It's the whole, you know, uh, 
a distance makes the heart grow fonder type. Yeah, thing. I think that's the further what you, you get yeah. away from it, the more you want it. But you have to remember in the moment, people were not on board with this. No, 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 no. I, but you know, it's funny. Like it was always going to be a temporary thing. Exactly. You know? Yes. It, it's not like they built a giant sorcerer's hat in front of Cinderella Castle and left it for 15 years or anything. There it is. There it <laughs> is. There it is. All right. On February 1st, going all the way back to the year 1947, you might be saying to yourself, Self, why is Landon bringing up a date in 1947? The parks, none of them, they, were up and, they weren't up and running. The reason we're going back to the year 1947, my dear lovely listener, is because on... February 1st, 1947, Imagineer Tony Wayne Baxter is born in Los Angeles, California. First hired at the Disneyland Resort in 1965 as an ice cream scooper on Main Street, USA. At the tender age of 17, Baxter went on to become a senior vice president of creative development at the Walt Disney World Imagineering. His Disney Park credits during his 47-year career include Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the original Journey into Imagination Pavilion, Star Tours, and the redesign of Star Tours, and oh yeah, an attraction that's been in the news here recently, Splash Mountain. So uh, on this podcast and on previous iterations of Disney podcasts that Jay and I have appeared on together, we love us some Tony Baxter. We are pro T to the B. So let us be the first in the Disney podcasting realm to wish Tony Baxter a happy freaking birthday. Yes. Happy, happy birthday, Tony Baxter. I, I love stories like that where you've got someone who ended up being like, uh, you know, uh, a huge figure within the the Walt Disney Parks uh, creative side on the Imagineering team, but started scooping ice cream on Main Street. Like, that's just, that's a that's a lovely story. And it, I think it shows that, like, he's a guy that Disney was in his DNA from the beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the kind of person that you want, um, creating these attractions that are going to have an impact on guests because they know what the guests are expecting and they know like what the guest experience is like and it's about that magic and i think tony baxter was a huge creator of magic and happy birthday tony baxter yeah and and it, i mean tony was and still kind of is a disney lifer i mean going back to getting his disney start at the age of 17 this is a quote attributed to tony uh quote i used to open the carnation shop at six in the morning and i'd see a delivery truck out front bringing the milk and ice cream and you won't believe this but it's true a number of times walt himself drove the milk truck can you imagine the man <laughs> who built the park was also delivering the milk and ice cream he wanted to enjoy every aspect of the park he created he had a gift for keeping in touch with everyday people because he learned from them and he used what he learned to improve the park in quote and i think you could you could apply that same thought process to Tony Baxter. He learned from the common Disney fan because he was a common Disney fan who just happened to rise through the ranks to work on stuff like Big Thunder, Journey into Imagination Pavilion, both iterations of Star Tours and Splash Mountain. I mean, like he is the father of Splash Mountain. I think it's Yesterworld on YouTube. They have a phenomenal documentary um, 
on the creation of Splash Mountain and how they really took a lot of inspiration from a Six Flags log flume ride. I think it was in in, in Atlanta, the Atlanta version of Six Flags. And they have interviews with Tony Baxter where he talks about taking inspiration from that. And you can see a lot of side-by-sides and see a lot of similarities of this Six Flags attraction applied to Splash Mountain. And I like, like I, I think, I think that's such a cool story. So happy birthday to Tony Baxter, truly a Disney icon. Absolutely. Here, here. And then on February 1st, 1972, Disney World's first price increase takes effect. Uh, general admission for adults is now going up a whole quarter from 350 to 375 and a rise in ticket books will follow a few months later going from $4.50 all the way to $4.95 and as we all know that's the last time Disney ever increased their ticket price well wait Landon uh now I'm getting uh, a message in my ear here that in fact was not the last time Disney increased their ticket prices. Oh, in fact, oh, mm. it's happened several times since. Oh, then. that's 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 that that's my bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna update my notes here. Real quick. <laughs> and enter. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, strike that from the record. All right. On uh, February first, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, the twenty-five is removed from Epcot's Illumination Twenty-Five as Disney World's twenty-fifth anniversary celebration has ended. As Disney World's twenty-fifth celebration ends, kind of going back to the whole, you know, uh, removing Kate Castle look. That makes sense. On uh, February first, two thousand three, Disney World's Diamond Horseshoe Review closes their saloon doors for good with a final performance. As one of Magic Kingdom's original shows from 1971, the one-hour Western Saloon Review was performed up to 10 times a day. The Diamond Horseshoe Review featured Cancun dancers, singers, a live band, and even comedian Wally Bogg, who relocated from Disneyland to the Magic Kingdom for the first three years. It will be replaced with Goofy's Country Dance and Jamboree, and by 2009, be turned into a sandwich shop with uh, no entertainment whatsoever. Um, uh, I did not get to experience the uh, Diamond Horseshoe Review or uh, Goofy's Country Dance and Jamboree or, hell, maybe even the sandwich shop. Uh, Jay, any experience with any of those three? No, I only recently, I say recently, it's been in the last like two and a half, three years, uh, went to Diamond Horseshoe as a dining location. It was after they started doing the family style barbecue. Wait um, a minute. I, I think I think you and I uh, shared. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I never saw any of the entertainment there. I, I'm sad that they don't do that anymore because it would be fun to kind of have that like old, uh, old West saloon, saloon experience. Saloon feel. Yeah. Yeah. But because because I mean it still does look like it could house some some entertainment because they do still have the stage I, they have a piano which you have to assume is 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 part of the uh, Diamond Horseshoe Review is is kind of a homage a tip of the cap that you know Disney loves to do to older attractions and stuff like that so. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer that there is no uh, entertainment being offered in that venue. But uh, yeah, I would uh, I would be curious to see if any of our uh, listeners uh, were able to experience the entertainment at the Diamond Horseshoe Review. But uh, then on February 1st, 2013, or 2013, if you're one of those people, more Tony Baxter news, everybody. After more than 30 years of service, Tony Baxter 
decides to step down from his role of senior vice president creative director at Walt Disney World Imagineering. He will stay on board as an advisor to the Imagineers. Of course, we talked about everything Baxter did, but Baxter uh, in an open letter to Imagineers says, quote, today, while there is a new set of futures to explore, the time has come for me to evolve my role at Walt Disney World Imagineering. Beginning this February, I will be transitioning to a position as a part-time advisor. While I will not be here on a regular basis, I will continue to be available to any and all of you as needs arise. Though my time will be limited, my passion for the magic of WDI creates will be just as strong, end quote. I mean, that kind of goes back to echoing what we were saying. This is a guy that loves Disney and loves the magic that they create. And you know what? Like, like as much as I would love for Tony Baxter, T to the B, to, you know, work and keep making new stuff until he draws his final breath, that's me being selfish. And same goes for other legendary Imagineers like Joe Rohde. I want them to be able to enjoy their lives because and enjoy the retirement that they so, so wellly deserve. Because, I mean, like, they've given us so much magic and so much joy in our lives. They deserve the exact same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's time to to kick back and and just enjoy the golden years for a little while. And, and you know, he, he did plenty for us. But I like that, you know, Tony Baxter always said that if, if needed, if they would bring him back, he would absolutely be involved in a redo of the journey into imagination with Figment. And I just wish they would take him up on that, but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. One thousand percent. I mean, he kind of talks about as the need need arises. If if they turn on the Tony Baxter uh, bat signal, he'll show up and 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 be there, and they can pick his brain. But at the same time, it's like I do want him to enjoy his retirement. I do want him to enjoy his life, and at the same time. Okay, yeah, I, I made it this long without making a, a wrestling reference. We're, we're, we're seeing it to a certain extent in the world of wrestling. If you keep leaning on these stars of yesteryear, you're never going to be able to establish new stars. And yeah. I kind of feel like the same thing could be happening if they did go that route of just bringing back Tony Baxter, if they did keep bringing back Joe Rody for these products or these projects in Imagineering. Uh, You can't let these new Imagineers stand on their own legs and put their own ideas out there if you do keep uh, relying on the rock stars of yesteryear, so to speak. That's true, yeah. We need a new generation of of up-and-coming Tony Baxters. Exactly, exactly. We, we, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. We need the new generations of Tony Baxters, though. Who knows if we'll ever see another Tony Baxter. But then uh, one last piece on February 1st. Uh, this time in uh, 2021, the Soul of Jazz, an American adventure debuts at the American Adventure inside Epcot. The uh, new exhibit features Joe Gardner, the music mentor and teacher from the Pixar movie Soul, uh, who shares a rich and surprising history of jazz and several influential cities. I've yet to be able to experience the uh, Soul of Jazz Honestly, anything in the American Adventure uh, Pavilion inside of Epcot. Maybe that's something I'll check out when I'm uh, down next time in uh, Epcot. So that is uh, February 1st. Very good. You should. It's 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 cool. The I love those displays. It's it's nice um, to kind of walk through and, and see um, the the story of, of jazz and and how it has it developed over the years in, in our country. It's it's really cool. I, I like it a lot. So I recommend it. 
All right, cool. I'll check it out. And plus, I mean, I love soul and jazz music is awesome. So that definitely yeah. sounds like something I might have to uh, check out when I'm down in Epcot next time. Uh, February 2nd, 1967, uh, Roy O. Disney outlines his late brother's plan to build a theme park and the world's first futuristic metropolis, or you might know it as Epcot. When Disney Productions announces it will build the world's first glass-domed city in Central Florida. The movie presentation narrated by Walt Disney, who unfortunately passed away December 15th, 1966, is termed by officials, quote, as Walt's last film. Project Florida, a whole new Disney World, premieres at the Parks East Theater in Winter Park, Florida at 2 p.m. that day, where it's screened for businesses and government figures. The 25-minute film features a 50-acre air-conditioned, quote, city of tomorrow centered in a 1,000-acre industrial park between Orlando and Kissimmee. Now, obviously, how Epcot was originally pitched and the Epcot we eventually get Two vastly different things, but February 2nd, 1967 is a massive day for Disney. I'm, I mean, anything coined Walt's last film is going to raise some eyebrows. And this was kind of Walt's magnum opus. And, and for Roy O. Disney, who a lot of people rightfully so kind of give credit for really pushing through getting Walt Disney World built in the wake of his brother's passing for him to stand up there and say, this is what we're going to do. For something so pie in the sky out there in 1967, that takes some stones. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I don't know if, if Walt's futuristic city um, would have been a success or or what it would have ended up looking like had they had he you know not passed away and, and been able to, to push it forward but I thought that the original version of Epcot was a pretty nice like uh, sort of a compromise it was a theme park it was edutainment it was bringing the world together and it was supposed to be sort of like a, a big world community of of technology and and cooperation you know and um, yeah, I I'm a little you know as as a lot of people are like sad that that the original idea of of Epcot like we're so far away from that now. But I do love Epcot. I'm happy. I'm happy with the park, and I'm looking forward to the future when it's all opened up and good to go. Um, and I do like that they're putting the the tribute to Walt um, statue in there. And um, you know, it's is it is it the dream that he had? for an experimental prototype community of tomorrow? No, it's not, but it's still a unique theme park that, you know, no one has ever really come up with a, a competitor for. Um, so, so cheers to the Epcot we got because it's still amazing. And it's, you know, it's something that now even kids can enjoy because they brought in a lot, a lot of more yeah. fun stuff for the kiddos. So. Well, and and I will I will uh, drink to the Epcot that we got. Though some people say that's the only thing you can do when you're at Epcot, <laughs> but but that's not true. As Jay pointed out, there's there's a lot of fun stuff to do. Also, kudos for you knowing what the Epcot uh, acronym stands for just off the top of your head. That's uh, that's well done. And uh, I would be I would have been interested to see if we got Walt's Epcot 
but I don't hate the Epcot that we got now, though I do think we are... I I, I don't want to sound like one of those Disney people yeah. online saying, well, you know, this isn't the vision that Walt had, but it's like we're getting further and further away from the vision that Walt had for Epcot, but, you know, I don't necessarily think that's all a bad thing because, like, Epcot is still my favorite park on property, and, and like, it's not even close. I mean, I do love Animal Kingdom, but if push comes to shove and I only have one day to spend on property, I'm going to Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not alone. It, it's a lot of people's favorite park. And I mean, great food, great drinks, entertainment's great. I, it's it's a it's a really wonderful place. Plus pigments there. Exactly, yeah. That. Uh, okay, yeah, I've, I've been really uh, working in Eric Idle's uh, quote on figment a lot here recently. I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> moving on to 1992, February 2nd. Uh, the first phase of Disney World's Dixie Landings Resort opens uh, along Lake Buena Vista. Alligator Bayou consists of a hundred or over one thousand guest rooms, over sixteen buildings styled as rustic weathered lodges, with sixty-four rooms per lodge. Uh, located in the downtown Disney Resort area, Dixie Landing is themed in the. Uh, themed after the Louisiana countryside. It includes the Boatwright Dining Hall, uh, a full-service 208-seat table service uh, restaurant themed to a wooden shipyard and Fulton's General Store. Jay, can you guess what this resort is known as today? Uh, Fort Wilderness. Ah, close. Uh, uh, it is Port Orleans Resort. Oh. <laughs> Orleans Resort. So, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were close. It is definitely a uh, a resort down on Walt Disney World. And then on February 2nd, 2006, Disney announces that the Disneyland and Disney World versions of Pirates of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, attractions will be undergoing a three to four month makeover to work in characters and plot elements from the movie series. Um, This still kind of remains a bone of contention to some Disney fans. Um, I'll be honest, doesn't really bother me. It's like, uh, at this point, I kind of expect to see Jack Sparrow uh, popping his head uh, in and out of barrels and trying to steal keys and stuff like that. Um, Jay, do, do, do you have a strong take on this one way or another? Or are you just like, yeah, okay, this is this is what you come to expect whenever you get on the boats? of pirates now eh, i don't i don't really have a strong take one way or the other honestly like um i i i love pirates in every iteration that i've that i've written it i will continue to love pirates um it, 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 you know incorporating the movies changing some of the scenes like whatever they want to do as long as as long as you keep the theme going and and you've got some you know fun animatronics to to look at and you get to go on a fun i love boat rides so mm -hmm. I'm sold as a boat ride, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'd, I'll 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 echo a lot of what you said there, and and I I know that some people are you know saying they they want to bring back the the original scene with the redhead. Don't take away red from me because mm -hmm. I am all about the new version of red. You have no idea <laughs> how much I am into the new version of red. Like like the smoking hot girlfriend, it might be uncomfortable just how much I'm into red. If <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm going to try and remember to edit that part. On February 4th, 1984, we're heading back to Epcot because at the Epcot Center, uh, backstage music 
opens in Communicore East in Future World. Now, this replaced the uh, austere review. Backstage music uh, features uh, computer operator Julie and her graphic sidekick, Io, or input-output. It demonstrates the process of operating the audio animatronics found through the Disney parks, and this show will run through 1993. Uh, this is a show that, unfortunately, I never got to partake in, and I'm 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 kind of bummed out on it. It it sounds cool. It it it, it it's a show kind of going back to the original version of Epcot, that uh, edutainment stuff, and and it kind of gives you a little peek see behind the curtain of what makes Disney go. I I, I I'll be honest, that sounds like a very cool experience. It does, yeah. I I didn't do it either, and I I'm sad that that's something I missed out on. I'm I'm sure that there are. Maybe some videos you could find on YouTube that that may give you a little taste of it, but yeah, that that would have been a cool thing to to see in person. But uh, that is all of this week in Disney history. Uh, if you think I missed out on anything, first of all, do your own damn podcast. But second of all, reach out to us on social and let us know what we missed out on, and uh, we can highlight it in upcoming episodes. Uh, that might be a fun episode. Uh, things that slipped through the cracks or. Uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, the sands of time as they fall through the hourglass. I don't know. I'll come up with something. I'm uh, riffing right now. Let's get to the actual news of today before it too slips through the uh, uh, cracks of time or I, I don't know. Uh, Jay, <laughs> what we speculated on when it comes to Tron Light Cycle using a virtual queue came to life. Disney put forth an announcement this week or this past week saying, quote, Wintron Light Cycle, as you want to say, slash run uh, opens. It, uh, it will use a virtual queue, allowing guests the opportunity to experience the attraction later in the day and enjoy all that the Magic Kingdom Park has to offer while they wait to enter the grid. Guests with a valid ticket or pass and a theme park reservation for the Magic Kingdom Park on the same day, we'll have the opportunity to request to join the virtual queue via the My Disney Experience app. A standby queue will not be available, end quote. Um, I can't say I'm super stunned by this, considering the fact that we were wildly speculating when we got the announcement that Tron Light Cycle Run goes live on April 4th, and kind of following what Disney had been doing for their recent attractions that open, they have been using virtual queue almost exclusively, if not 100% exclusively for something like Tron. Kind of felt like they were going to follow that same pattern, but we're getting confirmation that if you do want to get on one of these light cycles, if you do want to enter the grid, you're going to have to fire up your My Disney Experience app, and hopefully you and your party can get that virtual queue when they go live at, what, 7 a.m. that day? Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. 7 yep. a.m. wake-up call. <laughs> yep, so set your alarm for 6.55 and then start refreshing that son, son of a gun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it's not a surprise. Um, I'm of course, noted fan of virtual queues. Um, I've had success in the past with those. I will say like with the addition of Genie Plus and the individual lightning lanes, I don't know if it's changed the balance of the way that they do the virtual queues or or what, but I, I'll tell you, my luck with Rise of the Resistance was always great. I, I think I only missed it a couple of times out of all the times I tried to get it. Um, I was never able to get Remy. Like I, I just didn't. Um, and then I've only tried 
Cosmic Rewind uh, a couple of times, but I haven't gotten it in the morning either. So um, I don't I, I don't know. Anyway, I hope this one's a little easier to snag, uh, but I'm sure it'll go within seconds uh, as soon as they drop in the morning. And, and they'll probably do like an afternoon drop. So, well, I mean, like if the pattern for virtual cues hold up with the way they've done, you mentioned Rise, you mentioned Remy, you mentioned Cosmic Rewind. That first wave in the morning is going to go in seconds. So if you've never experienced trying to get a virtual queue, I jokingly said, set your alarm for 6.55 and then start refreshing. That is not a joke. You need to A, make sure your My Disney Experience app is the most recent version. You need to make sure that your party is linked together so you can make the virtual queue, the boarding group for everybody in your party. And then you need to start refreshing very early, like minutes before. So when seven o'clock hits and you see that join virtual queue, you can hit that button because it does go in seconds like Jay was talking about. I will say in my experience, the only time I was not able to get a Rise of the Resistance virtual queue was a day that the attraction was broken. So they weren't handing them out. I was able to get a Remy's Ratatouille one for me and the Lotus when we were down. I haven't had the opportunity to do one for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to be trying here in a couple weeks because Guardians of the Galaxy is still going to be on a virtual queue at least until Tron Light Cycle Run opens on April 4th. Um, this is the part where we're going to get into a little bit of speculation nation stuff. Jay, do you think... When Tron Light Cycle Run goes live, do you think that they're going to take Guardians off of Virtual Queue? Because Disney, in their past, it seems they only want to have one attraction on Virtual Queue. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's funny. We were talking about it on Twitter, back and forth with some folks. And I don't, I cannot recall if there was any overlap at all in previous Virtual Queues. I, I was thinking that there was, um, like with Rise and Remy, maybe. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't really remember. I, I honestly think they'll both be on virtual queues because, you know, if you look at the app, it actually, it doesn't look like it's, they built it out for just one ride. It's like you could have multiple, mul mm. you know, multiple rides. Um, it, just looking at the wording of the different system, uh, pages, but yeah, I personally, I think that Cosmic Rewind will continue to be on virtual queue, um, at the time Tron launches. I mean, like I... I'll actually agree with you. Uh, I think for the initial launch window, I think it will be, but I do think Cosmic Rewind's days of being virtual queue exclusive, I think they're going to be limited. And honestly, it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, I, I'm, I'll be very curious to see what, how long the the wait times get to be for Cosmic Rewind uh, when, the, when the virtual queue goes away, because it is a fantastic attraction. It's... You know, living with the land aside, maybe the best attraction now in Epcot. <laughs> uh, so you go living with the land one, your Cosmic Rewind, maybe close second. two? Okay, close right. second. Okay. Close second, close second. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's competing with Frozen as well. You know, I love Frozen, so in my opinion. But um, but yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see. And, and how will that impact? Because I think about like one of the lines that gets long is Frozen. Another one is Test Track. Do those start to level out? Another one's Remy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I'm honestly, I'm honestly stunned that they didn't think about putting Remy back on Virtual Queue because that line can get un. 
unbearable. Yeah, it can. Or unratable. It's, Am I, was, I right? Oh my yeah, God. I was about there. to do the same thing. Get there. <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> or the best. Yeah, I, I like I like your option better, but uh, I will be interested to see how uh, Tron going exclusively virtual queue to the surprise of no one, how it impacts the rest of the virtual queues and stuff like that for the rest of the park. Because as you pointed out, it's like Disney in their history, their short time using virtual queue history wise, they generally don't like to have overlap when it comes to virtual queues for whatever reason. So. I am curious to see if that's going to shake things up. And, yeah. and and if they do shake things up, how that's going to impact wait times for other popular attractions in Epcot particular. Mm -hmm. That's right. But we'll that, is not, that is not the only bit of Tron news we got this week. Uh, this is the Jay is going to put his cheeseburger string or spring rolls all up in them lockers news. Uh, Disney has announced uh, kind of building off uh, our locker room talk story uh, a few weeks ago. Um, mandatory locker system will be in use for Tron light cycle and the lockers that are mandatory they're getting a Tron look. Uh, Disney released a statement, quote, new to Tron light cycle run, a double-sided and digitized locker system will be used to store bags and loose items while you race your light cycle. Inside the attraction queue, inside the attraction queue note, uh, these complimentary lockers pair directly with your Magic Band, Magic Band Plus, or Ticket Media, so you can easily lock and reopen your locker with a quick tap. Guests without a magic band or other ticket media, such as a card, will be provided with a card to assign to their locker. All items will be placed either in a locker before you board your light cycle or in a small compartment located on the attraction vehicle that can hold items such as cell phones, glasses, or wallets, end quote. Um, so... What I'm taking away from that statement from Disney, this is going to, these lockers are going to be in the attraction queue. This isn't going to be set off like it is at like, say, the Hulk at Universal or set off at like uh, Escape from Gringot at Universal, where you have to go to a separate building before you get in the queue. Like, like this is something like, I'm assuming while you're going through the queue, you're going to have the option to be like, all right, I'm going to go to locker one, one, seven, five, and, and, and put my, you know, uh, spirit Jersey that I, that I bought on main street in, in this locker. And I'm and me and my party. We're going to go through light cycle run and it'll be there waiting for me. So yeah. this is in the attraction queue, kind of taking away what we were what we were talking about a few weeks ago, it's like, like, how are they going to be like, okay, did everybody put their crap in the locker? Like, like, are they going to have to post up cast members asking that throughout the attraction? But I think the bigger takeaway from this is there's going to be small compartments located in the attraction vehicles that can hold stuff like your cell phones, your glasses, and your wallets. I'm excited to open up that small compartment and find out who left what for me on the previous ride. I Cause... no 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 no. <laughs> that's 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 not what you should be taking away from this, Jay. <laughs> I, I I plan to um, you know get gifts from those little compartments. Are, are, for the are you going to be a locker looter? No, a compartment looter. <laughs>
No, but the, the lockers. I mean, we. I just want to say a little victory lap. We were correct. It's it's a Velocicoaster style. It's 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 right before you get on the ride. They've got the locker bins, and they're two sided, just like the Velocicoaster ones. So, same same. So yeah, uh, I, I I guess we we get our flowers here because we were right on that one. But like, I'm a little stunned that there's going to be a compartment on the attraction where you can put stuff in. I mean, I guess, I guess once the attraction's in motion, they're going to be able to like lock that stuff in. So, you know, it's not going to, oh, we're, we're going, we're going through a sharp term and there goes my glasses, phone and wallet. So, <laughs> but especially since they were so very much, hey, this is the first attraction in Walt Disney World where a locker is required because we're not going to let you have your crap on the ride. I'm kind of surprised that there is still going to be a small part where you can have your crap on the ride. Yeah. Well, Disney has never had a ride where you just can't take anything with you. It, you know, um, Universal does. Um, like, for example, Hulk, as you mentioned, Rock, uh, Rip Ride Rocket is another one. You know, mm -hmm. you have to actually go through like metal detectors and they'll... Yep, that's true. Like, you can't take your phone, you can't take anything. So... Um, these are these are not that, which is good. I mean, because it's always just a it's a pain in the butt. It slows the line down because nobody actually does what they're supposed to do, and it'll be much easier to police the oh you forgot to put your backpack in a locker rather than did you put your cell phone away? Did you empty your pocket? Like, come on. So we don't have to worry about that. No, well, and and I'll be honest, like I kind of like the fact that I can hang on to my cell phone and my wallet, because even though I know it's in the locker and it is secure on attractions like Hulk, on attractions like Rip Ride Rocket, there's a small part of me that gets a little anxious knowing that me being an out of stater on vacation, it's like, oh, I really hope nothing bad happens to my wallet because if something bad happens to my wallet, it's gonna be really hard to get back home because I'm flying out of MCO. And you know what you need when you go through MCO? An ID. And you know what's in said wallet that's in a locker? My ID. So <laughs> that's it. I'm still I'm still really surprised, but but I do like the fact that Disney's letting you hang on to that stuff. And like you pointed out, it should keep the line moving at a better clip as opposed to having to send people out of line or pulling parties to the side while, you know. Uncle Uncle Bing Bong has to go uh, put uh, put his wallet back in the uh, back in the locker, and who knows if he has to reopen the locker? That's going to reset the locker to where like it it starts another timer on it. So like I I kind of like the fact that Disney does have a spot where you can hang on to small items. Now I look forward to hearing all the stories that are going to come out on April fourth of people who are trying to push the limits on what a small item is trying to put in that compartment but right we'll see what happens at the beginning of april when tron light cycle run gets up and running um uh and another piece of tron news a lot of, a lot of tron news at the top of the news segment uh this is answering a question that i personally had because uh i have <clears throat> uh Unique body sizes, uh, according to Universal. Um, uh, and Disney is answering that question. Uh, the seating and restraints on this attraction may prohibit guests of certain body shapes and sizes from riding. Now, uh, we're using a Blog Mickey article here, and they say, quote, although the Tron light cycle run vehicles are unique to Walt Disney World roller coasters. The restraint system that is in use uh, is similar to another attraction 
that you might be familiar with, and we're talking Avatar Flight of Passage. Now, both Tron Light Cycle Run and Flight of Passage utilize a restraint system that presses against the rider's back and secures the legs via a calf restraint. Now, in the instance of a Flight of Passage vehicles, uh, you, uh, the back restraint lifts into place and the calf restraint swings uh, into place, so it kind of pins your leg and your back up against the ride vehicle. In the instance of the Tron light cycle run, it does pin your back up against the vehicle. But what's different with Flight of Passage is your knees kind of have to come, it, it locks in your knees and shins. Like it's almost like a, it, it a on your knees position, which I didn't realize until I saw pictures of. Like, like it's almost like a you're on your knees situation bent over riding like like you are literally riding a, a a bike so um knowing this disney has decided that on the back of some of these tron light cycle run coasters uh there are going to be restraints for those who want to sit in a more upright position or have these quote unquote unique body uh shapes so they can enjoy this attraction. So uh, is a self-proclaimed chunk monster over here. And uh, quite frankly, my knees aren't the best. So even if I wasn't a chunk monster, I don't know if I want to, you know, get down on my knees and start uh, praying to Tron as I, uh, as I uh, fly through the grid. I love the fact that Disney has the foresight to have something like this almost like 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 the inclusion for those uh for those guests who can't get down in this very unique tron light cycle run ride so you can still experience it but you're just going to be experiencing it at the back and honestly it's like if you've been on a roller coaster hell sometimes the best seat on the roller coaster is the back of the coaster so um, I'm very excited to see that Disney is answering one of my concerns from a couple weeks ago where I was like, uh, what about the uh, fatty boom baladies like myself who uh, kind of uh, are worried that they're not going to be able to get their fat asses on a light cycle run? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, um, I, I noticed in the in the article, uh, they were saying that they're not sure why Disney didn't just put one of the access accessible cars on all of the trains. That's a good question. I guess maybe they that is fair. They, you know, they feel like well, you're the maybe per percentage wise, the people who will need it or want to use it is you know is much smaller than using, uh, let's say. 10% of the train for an accessible car. But, but you know, I, I was looking at the accessible car. It looks fun. I, I mean, I wouldn't, if they put me in that seat, I'd be happy sitting in that seat. That'd be fine. So even if even if you didn't have people that needed it and they needed to load a full train, I I, I wouldn't mind, you know, sitting in the accessible car every once in a while. Be fine. And, honest, and honestly, like the, uh, I guess we're going to call it the accessible car. The accessible car gives you the option to enjoy this attraction sitting upright so i feel like you'd be able to see more of the attraction as opposed to hunched over to where like i mean it, it's like you're riding a uh, riding a motorcycle it's like as somebody yeah. who has a bad back i just talked about how my knees ain't the best also i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fat chunk monster um i love the fact that disney is thinking about people 
like me. Um, now, Blonde Mickey does go on to point out that while the Flight of Passage uh, ride uh, ride vehicle and the Tron light cycle run uh, vehicle restraint systems are very similar and each has its pros and cons, uh, they want to say uh, they're not putting their name saying if you can ride Flight of Passage, you can ride Tron light cycle run, but they do think because they are very similar, you probably can. Now, of course, we don't know this until April 4th rolls around, and I'll be very interested to see uh, what people experience and uh, what, what I experience, because I'm going to be honest, before I heard this news, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be able to get on Tron, Tron Light Cycle Run, but hearing this now, okay, all right, there's there's a better chance that uh, the Dawes is going to be able to uh, head to the grid and uh, see what's up. So uh, I'm... Between me, you, and this microphone, I'm very excited to report this piece of news. Uh, good on you, Disney. Good on you, Disney. Greatly appreciate that. But I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about it. After all the consternation, after all the gnashing of the teeth, after all the protests and the change.org petitions, y'all did it. Um, y'all did it. Uh, Disney heard your pleas and they heard your prayers Disney has decided to keep open Space Mountain um wait a minute I, I think you need to check that bulletin one more time wait wait, wait hold on let me let me check my notes Oh, wait, wait, no, no. Okay, all right. So uh, so Splash Mountain did close last Monday, <laughs> despite all the gnashing of the teeth, despite all the consternation, despite all the change.org petitions. Uh, Splash Mountain uh, came to a close last Monday, and Disney is moving fast, well, relatively fast when it comes to um, theme parks. Uh, they are getting on their way uh, to get ready for Tiana's Bayou Adventure walls have already gone up around the Splash Mountain attraction. The water is already being drained from the attraction. Um, you can see walls around the attraction with the Southern Dome Salt Company stamped on it. I tried to look that up. I couldn't find any any like like special correlation. I, I thought maybe that was a company that was referenced in Princess and the Frog. I thought that would have been dope if it was. I, I couldn't find that again. Um, the listeners love to point out when I'm wrong on stuff, so feel free to let me know. There's several there there are specific listeners who love to let me know when I'm wrong. So uh, to those of you, uh, you know how to get at me on the social. Uh, let me know if you know what uh, Southern Dome Salt Company. If there's any special uh, note to that, or if it's just you know a uh, stand-in that Disney likes to use whenever they come in to. Uh, to do construction on uh like and disney's moving fast if you get a paper map when you're in the magic kingdom now uh over the splash mountain attraction it now has a uh, tiana's bayou adventure coming 2024 letting you know splash mountain a ain't open and tiana's bayou adventure is b coming soon so uh there is that and then this one kind of surprised me but I mean, as long as it was closed, maybe they had this one uh, loaded uh, and ready to rock. Uh, there's already a new narration on the newly reopened Walt Disney World Railroad teasing the open 
of Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Um, if I'm a good producer and if I can find a, a good clip, I'll try and find it and insert it here. On a more musical note, just ahead I heard some new critters are moving in and looking to make a splash. Take a listen, we're almost there. But if I'm not, I'll just go ahead and let you know what it says on the uh, Walt Disney World Railroad around the time you go into Adventureland. Uh, the narrator says, quote, on a more musical note, just ahead, I heard some new critters are moving in and looking to make a splash. Take a listen. We're almost there, end quote. Of course, making reference to the song from uh, a princess or the princess and a frog. Um I think that's cool that Disney is like, to borrow a line from Lyle Butch Jones, a much beloved Tennessee football coach, a snap and clear situation. As soon as they snap the ball on uh, Splash Mountain being closed, they are clear of it. Like it is, it is, it is Tiana's time now. And I look forward to 2024 whenever this attraction does open. I think it's going to be awesome. I have nothing but faith that the Imagineers are going to knock it out of the park. No, if we're being completely honest, we're probably going to see a lot of the same animatronics in there because, you know, they uh, they uh, took a lot of the same animatronics from what was it, uh, the American Adventure Review or whatever, and just stuck them in uh, uh, Splash Mountain. So. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say I love the fact that you've renamed the movie The Princess and a Frog, and I really think it should be that. Like just, I mean, just any frog. frog. Just The frog. Princess and a Frog. Exactly. Um, As a matter of fact, it's one of the battle tones. So. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It means like like any frog. It could. It's very. That's very welcoming to me because I could just be another frog. But maybe, it's all inclusive. You know, like 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 one show or one one viewing. It's it's one of the battle tones. <laughs> another viewing. It's Kermit the Frog. Well, no, it's Kermit a Frog. Kermit a Frog. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited too. It's it's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking so forward to. The, the music and and all of uh, I, the I think so I've heard people say well you know a big thing is I just hope Disney doesn't mess it up or I hope the ride is not a disappointment I just have to say knowing that this they're replacing a headliner attraction here at the park I don't think that Disney's gonna half but this um, I believe that they'll be putting forth like their full efforts to make this a a magical fun and by the way technologically updated experience so i'm really looking forward to seeing what we get and and i mean let's let, let's be honest splash mountain has needed some tlc for a long time yeah like like, like some of those animatronics were were, were kind of in bad shape even 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 before they announced that they were going to update it to uh a princess and a frog. <laughs> <laughs> so, Today so it's I, Rapunzel and the frog from the Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, could you wait? No, no, we we, we can't Michigan do that. Michigan frog. frog. No, 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 no. We 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 can we can do a lot of frogs. We cannot do that frog. Jeff. Oh, not sorry. that frog. Uh, <laughs> that would be fun. Just a rotating cast of princesses, <laughs> rotating that rotating cast of frogs. <laughs> what are you gonna get today? Who knows. It really adds to the uh, rewritability of the ride. <laughs> today it's yeah, yeah. Today it's uh, Elsa and the Budweiser frogs. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, I would do nothing but ride that attraction. That'd be great. That'd be great. 
All right, Dateline Starlight Cafe. Uh, Jay, we need to put out an APB for a missing alien because Sunny Eclipse is still missing at the Magic Kingdom, though presumably for refurbishments uh, for something following the holiday season and the use of the stage for something called a club tinsel. Anyway, uh, the animatronic <laughs> alien that Jay is a uh, noted lover of uh, has been behind a scrim for weeks and cast members, they're not sure when he'll return. Now, if you've ever been to uh, the Starlight Cafe, Sonny usually is found sitting around his uh, astro organ playing hits such as the uh, Planetary Boogie, uh, Bright Little Star, Space Angels, Gravity Blues, and more. Um, uh, Jay, how do you feel knowing your uh, space little buddy is uh, not performing right now? I, I don't like it, um, but I feel confident that this is just a refurbishment. I think if it was going away, Disney would have made some sort of announcement so we could all go protest. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and. and at the very least, there would have been like farewell sunny eclipse merch or something. He would have had yes. like a goodbye tour. So, One thousand I mean, percent. Yeah. So it's not gone. It's just a, he's taking a little break and he deserves it. He's the biggest little star in the galaxy. He works hard, and uh, I can't wait for him to come back. I, it's it's probably embarrassing the amount of time that I've sat in there and just listened to sunny eclipse <laughs> and watched the show. <laughs> Well, he's been playing his 20-minute uh, set since 1995 in Starlight Cafe. And uh, I think what you said saying there would be a farewell tour merch, that right there lets us know this is just a temporary thing and not a permanent thing. So, uh, yeah, I like I would, I would imagine he'll be back sooner rather than later. And especially since Starlight Cafe is one of the more popular quick service locations in Magic Kingdom. Maybe because of its location, not necessarily because of its food, because if we're being completely honest, the food's kind of... Yeah, it's fine. Loc but, but the location, and because it does have the biggest little star in the galaxy, I do think gives it a draw. So Disney knows it needs its entertainment back. Absolutely, yeah. Big fan of Sonny. Can't wait for him to return. I... You know, they need to do... I wonder if they'll give him, like, a new suit or something. Like, Ooh, it would be, be dope. They could update his duds a little bit, and that would be fine. Um, or, how about... Because I do feel like it's a little embarrassing for him. Maybe give him, like, a little step stool under his feet so they aren't just, like, dangling around showing how short he is. I feel like that's really putting him on blast. Uh, but I, I like that. Mm -hmm. You know, either way... Ready for him to be back as soon as possible. Now, now, when you say like, like, like new, new duds, do you want like, like a new suit, or do you want him to like be shilling for like the latest spirit jersey or limited <laughs> edition Mickey ears or something like that? No, no, I don't want him wearing park merch, but I think they could give him, you know, just just update the suit a little bit. I mean, okay, all right. you know, it, it's it, it's still it's a good look, it's a unique look, but you know, it, you you could probably put him in something that just looks a, a little more futuristic at this point. It almost looks like a prince suit, what he used to wear. <laughs> if, it, yeah. if it was like collarless, it would almost look like a prince suit. But um, Ooh, what about one of those stitch onesies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we something go. Something like that. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, yeah, leave leave the look alone other than just just maybe, maybe, maybe freshen up the look of the clothes just a little bit. Okay. All right. But yeah, I mean, like, 
That's that's always fun to listen to Sonny while you're eating your overpriced bland cheeseburger and tots in uh in, in inside of uh the, the Starlight Cafe. So you know. But uh, moving from one restaurant that's kind of eh, you know to another restaurant that hopefully isn't eh, you know this one caught me by surprise. We're moving over to Hollywood Studios. Rodeo Roundup Barbecue is opening much sooner rather than later. We're talking March 23rd. Um, I'm slightly stunned that we're within two months of this new barbecue joint opening in Hollywood Studios. Disney put out an announcement saying, Howdy, partners! Get ready for some mouth-watering barbecue and all the fixins at Roundup Rodeo Barbecue at Disney's Hollywood Studios opening March 23rd, 2023. Using some of his favorite toys, games, and playsets, Andy has created a rodeo arena for his toys and all honorary toys visiting Andy's backyard. Chow down on some house smoked meats, a roundup of sides, sweet surprises, and more in this Western-themed family-style restaurant where you'll see the world through the eyes of Andy's toys, end quote. Um, did we miss the memo that this is going to be a family-style Theme or a family style served restaurant, or is this the first that Disney announced that this is going to be family style served? I don't know. I I feel like I missed it if they said it before. I I didn't know. Um, and I, I you know I don't hate like the family style serving. I feel like Disney's gone that way in so many of the their especially with barbecue. Like you can do that over at Whispering Canyon. You can do it at uh, as we mentioned Diamond Horseshoe. Um, this is this seems like something they enjoy doing. Oh, um, I hadn't even put that together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Huh. So that's that's interesting to me, but I, I think all it does is it means like it, it wouldn't maybe be a place to go if, if you're going by, by yourself because uh -huh. that's a lot yeah. of food. Yeah, hand up solo rider over here though. Though you know, I've been going smoking out girlfriend more often. So, I'm, but yeah. but yeah, it's like like we're gonna get into the menu. But yeah, it's like I had no idea. Like like I'm with you. It's like if they said this was gonna be family style, I had no idea. And as somebody who does or I guess did travel solo before, like that is a major hindrance. Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. like previously talking in the Tron story, uh, self-proclaimed chunk monster. I can eat, but I can't eat family style by myself. Come on, <laughs> come on. Though, um, uh, let's let's uh, look at the menu. You can start with the Prospector's homemade cheddar biscuits. Now, if these are anything like the uh, Red Lobster cheddar biscuits, I could make a meal on those by myself. Which again, chunk monster. Maybe uh, maybe I have a body built by cheddar biscuits. Um, uh, mm. Sorry, I was just thinking about cheddar biscuits from uh, Lobster. Those are good. Uh, something that I will not be partaking in, you have your uh, salad offerings, a tomato salad, uh, Rex's romaine and kale salad, and a watermelon salad, uh, three salad offerings. Uh, moving on to your hearty servings of house-smoked meats, you got... Oh, these names are brutal. Uh, Evil Doctor Smoked Ribs, uh, Buttercups Beef Brisket, there's a sausage in my pant, I mean boot, um, and then barbecue chicken with style. Like, I understand what y'all are going with with some of these names, but 
Wolf. Y'all are Disney. You can do better than this. There's a sausage in my boot is fun to say, though. (laughs) It is fun to say, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Though, though it's even more fun what what, what I was uh, pretending. <laughs> and then um, <clears throat> savory plant-based offerings upon request, a s- slow-smoked cauliflower, mm-hmm. oven-roasted, quote, bratwurst, mm-hmm. and then impossible, quote, rib chop. Uh, I'm glad they let me know that the bratwurst aren't actually brats because uh, if I ever did make it down to uh, Rodeo, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. I hate this name, by the way. If somebody has to keep saying it, uh, bratwurst or something, I might go after, and I might be a little bit uh, agitated if I found out it wasn't actually brats. But, um, but that, that but, rib chop is interesting. Like, because I, I actually, I don't know that I've ever seen an impossible meat on a bone. Um, oh, it is and, on a bone. Well, a yeah. quote unquote bone. Yeah, it's a sugar cane bone. A That's sugar really cane bone. Like, does that make it more or less healthy? That it's on a sugar well, cane bone. As as we have come to learn over the years, impossible meats are not really healthy. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. that is that is very true. Yeah, yeah, healthy and impossible kind of don't exactly uh, go hand in hand. But um, part of the reason you love eating barbecue is because you get some dope sides with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta say, Roundup Rodeo seems like they have some pretty dope sides uh the mary spuds uh that's gonna be your loaded potato barrels aka tater tots drizzled with a green goddess dressing cheese sauce and seasoned barbecue spices the hell is green goddess dressing it's it's everyone's favorite panera bread um dressing that you can get on your salad yeah of course that thing uh Field the force field fried pickles again. I hate these names. A uh, slinky dog <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh, oh weird. Uh, bucking baked beans. Uh, cowpoke corn on the cob. Uh, mean old potato salad. Y'all didn't even try on that one, Disney. Uh, speaking of not trying, veggie slaw, and then finally campfire roasted vegetables. Uh, those last two options, veggie slaw and the vegetables, are obviously going to be plant-based. And then moving on to your uh, dessert options, uh, you have uh, cupcake a la forky, lemon and blueberry cheesecake, Billy's chocolate silk pie, goat's apple pie, and finally Gruff's peach strawberry pie. And then... Uh, for all the adults that have to come and try and announce or pronounce these things on the menu, you have grown-up craft cocktails. You have a snake eye margarita. You have a rum punch option. A chocolate with a grown-up twist that is a blend of chocolate rum, horchata liqueur, cocoa, and a flavor of uh, toasted marshmallows. So it's, I guess, like a like a liquid s'more of some sort. Mm-hmm. All right. Frozen peanut butter and jelly. That's 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 probably way, way good. Uh, whiskey lemonade, also good. And the rodeo mule, if you're a fan of mules. Though if uh, you want a non-alcoholic option, they got Molly's frozen iced tea, frozen cocoa, and Partysaurus Rex that comes yeah. garnished with gummy worms. 
you know, uh, chicken nugget. I was going to say, uh I think I know somebody who would be all about the party source, Rex. Yeah, May loves to drink with gummy worms. So uh, I I assume that will be in the future for us. So does a strawberry lemonade garnish with gummy worms, does that do anything for May? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. Well, I look forward to uh, May's uh, review on that. And then, of course, there's the selections of beer, hard cider, and wine by the glass. Because, you know, when I think Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, I think uh, getting the finest Pinot Grigio by the glass. <clears throat> right. Again, I'm very surprised that this is this is opening on the 23rd of, uh, of, of March. Yeah, once they started moving on this project, it seems like it's gone really fast. Um, uh, you know, it, it was announced a while back and then it just sort of like sat dormant for quite a while. But now, now you know, they broke ground, they started building and man, it's going to be here before you know it. Which, I mean, I do understand, you know, the whole pandemic is I vaguely wave my arms in the mm-hmm. background while the world, bur- world burns. Um, that put a lot of stuff on the back burner and, you know, stuff like that. But I'm 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 surprised that it's opening that fast because it does seem like we didn't hear a whole lot about it. For a long time and i do want to point out it's opening before tron <laughs> yeah that's i mean there's not much there's a lot of things as we've mentioned that have opened before yeah tron. yeah I, yeah me and me and jay were texted back and forth it's like the list of things that have opened and in some instances closed between uh the time that uh that tron was announced and actually opens that would be a very interesting list to go through but uh that would require a uh lot of lot of time and uh quite frankly i just don't want to do it if we're being completely honest uh hopping over to animal kingdom um uh, more walkways around the uh much loved tree of life uh being shut down but they're being shut down so they could give some tlc and some uh love and sprucing up of the tree of life uh more walkways are being shut down around the tree of life uh pretty much the roaming walkways more accurately are now closed around the tree of life, giving limited access to the west side of the tree and the exit to it's a it's tough to be a bug on the north side of the tree. So if you are in the Animal Kingdom, aka the most slept on park on resort, um, uh, you're going to be seeing high reach cranes. You're going to be seeing some of those uh, roll away or roll in, roll out. Uh, walls of shrubbery to block some of your view as they're uh, cleaning and sprucing up some of the carvings and sculptures in the tree of life because it's like, I mean, if you've ever just stopped and gotten up close or been able to get up close and look at the tree of life, it is just so dang phenomenal. It is beautiful. I've actually posted a picture on my Twitter uh, Saturday morning of the an up close view of the tree of life and no matter what angle um, you see something new, you know, when you're when you're walking around the tree. And I, I do love those wandering paths around the tree of life. So um, if, if you've never done that before, they're almost tucked away and, and you really got to kind of look for them. But mm-hmm. it's nice when you do find them. And it's 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 very relaxing and calming to just sort of like wander around, hear the waterfalls and get a good look at all those animals on the tree. I recommend it. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people, they'll knock or or dock points on the Animal Kingdom saying, you know, it doesn't have a ton of attractions, but it's like those walking paths, whether it be around the Tree of Life or or 
you know, the nature pads and stuff like that, where you can walk around and look at the animal enclosures and stuff like that. I mean, they're just so incredible. Like, like just thinking about it and talking about it, the hair on my arms are standing up because it's almost like you're secluded and far away, but you're still within a theme park. Mm-hmm. And 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 you you can get these experiences with animals and like like getting up close with with the gorillas and stuff like that. And and again, it feels like you're so far away, but I mean, like like seventy five feet that way, it's like you can go stand in line to to ride the safari, or or you're fifty feet away from getting like you know like like grilled corn or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, the street corn is good. Good oh, shout out for the street corn. Oh, the street corn's phenomenal. That is one of my favorite snacks in Animal Kingdom. Obviously, of course, it's not dim ribs, but yeah. you got to go to Nomad Lounge to get dim ribs. Tell them Landon <laughs> sent you. That will get you absolutely nothing, but I just want to see them look perplexed at you when you say that. But, uh, and finally, last little bit of Disney news, and this is going to curtail into our question of the week, and we're going to read your answers of question of the week last week. Um, Justin Monorail. The Walt Disney World monorail system was down over the weekend. Thankfully, by the time you're hearing this podcast, unless news breaks from the time I edit or we record this, I edit it and post it, they go back down. Thankfully, the monorail system is back up. But following an unexpected downtime that spanned uh, around 8 p.m., I think Friday night into the afternoon of Saturday, which is the perfect time for the monorail to go down over the weekend. Uh, thankfully, all three lines of the monorail Walt or at Walt Disney World Resort have resumed service. Uh, some of those monorails that are currently undergoing their second round of refurbishments, uh, those refurbishments do date back to September of 2019. Um, we know just how vital those monorails are to guests traveling around the resort and how much of a headache it can be if those monorails go down. Because if you can't ride the monorail, that means you and your party are going to ride a bus or a Skyliner or a boat. And not just your party, everybody's party. Um, so I guess this is going to be this week's question of the week. If the monorails are down... What is your preferred method of transportation and why? So are you just saying just in general around the resort? Is that the I, I, I will say Walt Disney World provided transportation. Okay. So, so we're taking out Ubers. So I guess technically minivans are still an option because those are Walt Disney World. Prov- well, they're not provided you have to pay for them because yeah. they're still technically Walt Disney World transportation. Yeah, I mean, they're polka dotted, they're cute. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, well, should I answer that question? I mean, I'm throwing it out to you. I, I mean, like you can talk on uh, your namesake going down if you want to apologize first, that would be great <laughs> since you're the think... president of the monorails. I didn't. I didn't even get the memo that the monorails went down. But um, geez, the chain of command in the monorails is just unbelievable. I know. <laughs> um, well, if we're if we're just sticking with like getting to the Magic Kingdom, if the monorails down, then I think that you know the ferry boat is the way to go. But um, if if we're talking just in general transportation around the park, I for me the a step, I love the monorails, but right up there with them is the Skyliner. So. 
I love the Skyliner. I think it's an awesome way to get around the park. You get great views. It's efficient. Um, and really, they I know they're going through refurbishment right now. Actually, the, the Skyliners are down. But um, I think since they sort of worked out some of those little accidents they were having in the Skyliner <laughs> station. Yeah, those um, whoopsie poopsies. Yeah. Yeah, it's been going without a hitch for quite a while. So I love them. They're fun. Oh, uh, real quick on something you said to follow up. Uh, the Skyliners are down currently. Yeah, they're they're doing a refurb on the on the on the uh, different lines. I, I I saw them actually. Uh, they had the cable for the line that goes from the Riviera to Epcot. Um, I actually saw them working on that cable uh, the other day as I was hmm. driving by. So okay, yeah. all right. I I was unaware of that. So okay. Mm -hmm. They should be back soon. I don't think it's a long refurb. Well, and, and generally this is around the time of year where where a lot of things, whether they be attractions or modes of transportation, do go through their yearly maintenance stuff. So, I mean, I, so that's that's not that surprising. I was just unaware. So thank you for letting me know that and uh, letting the listener know that as well. Appreciate that. Of course. Um, so it, on this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on WDW Magic right now, and they're saying, Disney's refurbishment of the Skyliner was initially scheduled to go from the 22nd through the 29th. So that would have been as we're recording today. Um, and, but it said, but overnight, all mention of the closure was removed from the Skyliner page. Confusing matters as the closure remains listed on the individual resort, hotel, and theme park web pages. So not Perfect. sure. <laughs> not sure what's going on with the Skyliner. Phenomenal, because that's what you want when you're on your several thousand dollar vacation. Confusion. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh well. I mean, hopefully it's not like a they've run into a big issue or something. But I, I, I would imagine it's not a big issue. Again, this is probably just you know yearly yearly maintenance. So, so yeah. it should be fine. Um, if I was to pick a mode of transportation and the monorails are taken out of the equation, like they were for you know, a couple days this past weekend. Because obviously monorails, slam dunk, that is my number one with a bullet, king of New York situation. Um, I'm gonna go boats because boats, I mean that, the boat from, uh, what is it? The uh, ticketing and uh, the TTA. TTC, uh, yeah. TTC, what the hell is a TTA? Anyway. Uh, That's TT a people mover. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> well, at least I kept it in Disney. Uh, the uh, the the TTC uh, to Magic Kingdom, even though it can get very peopley, especially if you're trying to leave at the end of the night. Um, I don't know. Just just that feeling when when you're on the boat and then you see like you're getting closer and closer and closer to the Magic Kingdom. Like maybe maybe that's how you're starting your vacation with the day in the magic kingdom. And then, and then when you dock and then you hear the all aboard that's going ashore call, uh, uh, just that right there. And then you get to go stand in the throng of humanity to go through uh, uh ticketing <laughs> to get your magic scan. That takes a little bit away from it, but it's like, I mean, like, like that, that's, that's phenomenal right there. But then that's not the only issue or option for boats um if you're staying at the swan and dolphin resort you have a boat options to go to hollywood studios and epcot which i mean granted is not you know well known to the public and stuff like that or offered to the public i guess i should say but if you are staying at those resorts um 
I think those are killer options, particularly at the end of the night. If you're if you're at Epcot, you're watching whatever nighttime spectacular nighttime show that they're doing. You're there on the bridge in between England and France, and you're right there at the exit where you can be like, okay, it's over, peace out, and you head right down the ramp. Your boat's right there. Your boat is right there. You can get on there, and it takes you right back to the Swan and Dolphin. Yeah, it's nice. It is. And then, I mean, getting getting to Hollywood Studios is the same way. It's like one of my favorite Disney memories growing up was me, my dad, and my late brother, Tyler. Like, we all hopped on the boat, headed over to Hollywood Studios early in the morning to rope drop. And, like, like just the, the anticipation, the excitement of us getting ready to go to a Disney park. And we got to ride a boat to go over mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. so to me, it's like I'm always gonna 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 pick the boats. Sorry, Animal Kingdom, you don't you don't have water options. They don't have any option. <laughs> yeah, they they really don't. Like like what is it? Buses? Like, That's it. Yeah. yeah like like they, they they don't even have a Skyliner. Mm-hmm. Poor Animal Kingdom. I know. Poor Someone Animal. needs to do justice to that park and get it a, a unique transportation system. Uh, could we get like big ass drones? What about those uh, drop ships from Avatar? Could we get those? <laughs> like, yeah. like they drop us right into uh, into Pandora. Yeah, I, I think we need a hyperloop between uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge and the Animal Kingdom. Just put in a hyperloop. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Animal uh, Animal like AK Lodge should have some sort of special transportation. It yeah. really should. It's sort of a, it's like a hallmark of a deluxe resort. They're, they're supposed to have alternate exactly. transportation. Exactly. But instead it's like, hey, get on the big stinky bus. Breathe in yeah. the fumes, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how we can fix uh, the Animal Kingdom's transportation uh, at a later date. But that's not taking away the fact that the Animal Kingdom is a phenomenal park. Shut up, Frank. Um, uh, but to answer last week's question of the week, we were talking about prefixed menus, uh, like the one that is used at California Grill. Because right now, currently, for the 50th anniversary, Cali Grill is running on a prefixed menu to, quote-unquote, celebrate the 50th anniversary. And they announced uh, once the 50th anniversary is going away, they are debuting a new menu. That is also a pre-fixed menu, um, which we'll, we'll get into the answers here in a second. But before we get into the answers, Jay, uh, because you were uh, standing in line for 14 hours at Splash Mountain last week, you were not able to answer last week's <laughs> question of the week. You want to weigh in here r- real quick? Uh, sure. I don't... I don't hate prefix menus, um, but as long as there's good options. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person who like, I like to try different things and, and I'm gonna, I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I'm an adventurous eater, but I'm open to eating things that I haven't had before. Um, so I, I like it when there's variety. Prefix menus tend to be pretty expensive too. Um, so that's something that I don't love, but uh, I, for the most part, I've had good ones. I, I liked I liked my dinner at Be Our Guest when I went there, and they had a prefix menu. So it, it's it's sort of hit hit and miss, I think, for me. I don't I don't love the one at the California Grill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Be Our Guest because uh, Drew got at us on Twitter at Does Does Disney, uh, letting us know his thoughts 
on on this week's question of the week and specifically mentions be our guest not a fan of prefixed menus just because i don't trust disney with the prefixed menus each one they roll out turns me off of the restaurant used to love going to be our guest don't go there now after the prefix menu but i do get the location due to the fact that we're just going and getting desserts i think he's referring to me using the example of california grill because he then follows up california grill used to be my favorite on property restaurant well close rivaling uh la cellier but we're not going there uh uh, he enjoyed either getting bison or sushi with a view, but prefixed, he's out. So Drew is mentioning and referencing two restaurants he used to love, but because of the prefix menu option, he's just out on. That's yeah. interesting. All right. Uh, Crispy of Crispy's Theme Park Adventure. He is saying not a fan. I don't usually get desserts when I go out, so I'm being forced to spend on something I don't even care about. Let me pick and choose off a menu that I want to eat. That's part of the reason why I haven't tried Space 220. That's just him personally, though. And I don't even know if I realized Space 220 was running off of a uh, prefix menu. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Space 220 is prefix. I was also thinking about uh, Cinderella's Royal Table. That's also a prefix. Is it? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so common now. It's it really like, is, yeah. And, yeah. and this seems like something Disney really leaned into during the pandemic. And I guess they figured like during the pandemic, they could get away with it because, you know, uh, lower staffs, uh, the supply chain, which is the boogeyman for everything. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was hoping once uh, things quote unquote got back to normal, we would return it to normal. Uh, Adam of the Mouse and More, Wait in saying, uh, do not like it because it makes you purchase and eat more food than what you wanted. But he does understand why they do it uh, uh, for the reason that he stated above, which, again, he's talking about uh, how people would order like a dessert or a drink at Cali Grill and then return to watch fireworks. But Dr. Jacqueline weighs in saying, same page. I know it's easier for the kitchen staff and makes them more money. But when we go out to eat at home, we almost never get three courses. I just want an entree and drink and maybe split an appetizer. Stop making me pay for slash feel like I have to eat more. She then follows up. I also hate that it makes me always lean towards getting what I perceive to be quote, the most expensive entree of the available options to help me get my money's worth. Why would I order chicken if there's steak? But sometimes I just want chicken or salad, but I always order the steak. I think that's a fantastic point. Now, granted, I'm always the guy that's getting steak, but at the same time, if you're of that mindset, you're spending the money, your brain's gonna tell you, get the most expensive thing, even if you don't want it. Yeah, that's true. Very true, very valid. Great points by Dr. Jacqueline. Yep, but you would expect nothing less from Dr. Jacqueline. Uh, Santana gets at us on Twitter at Does Does Disney. Hate them. I'm not a picky eater, but I travel with a few of them, and sometimes people don't want to eat a three-course meal. Well, Santana, let me tell you, I am a picky eater, and uh, sometimes 
uh, as a picky eater, it's hard to figure out what you want on a prefix menu, like I'm sure uh, you discovered with the uh, party that you're traveling with. Uh, By the way, it's Santina. It wasn't Carlos Santana that responded to Sorry, us. Sorry, my bad, Santina. I, I, I apologize. Thankfully, <laughs> Jay is here to know what's going on. So You only you only listen to me for, for the laughs, not the facts. So, uh, Main Street Electrical Arcade gets at us saying, yeah, not a fan of prefix menus, often not worth the price uh, where they're offered. And I've always liked that Disney historically has had a good amount of options in most of their restaurants, but the prefix menus, they really kill that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Donna gets at us. We love Donna on uh, on Does Does Disney. She says, hi, Landon. Well, I can tell you about the prefix menus here at Disneyland, and it has always been very good and worth the money. They give three to four different choices here. I'm not sure about WDW though, uh, but worth a try if you like the offerings, I think. Thanks for all you do. And thank you, Donna, for always listening. We love Donna here on this podcast. And then finally, Absolutely. on the Twitter, Kelly gets at us. Uh, not a fan of prefix menus on a vacation like Disney World. Who knows how you're going to feel after a long day in the parks? Sometimes you're starving. Other times you just want something super light. What rides am I going on afterwards? For the money... I want to be able to choose. And that's a, that's a really good point, too, because, I mean, like, if you're sitting down to eat and then you're heading back out to the parks, you're not going to want something that's weighing heavy on you. Sometimes yeah. you you might just want that dang salad or, or you know, something light, something that ain't going to weigh heavy on you. Sometimes you might just want a nap. But uh, thank you all for weighing in on this week's question of the week or last week's question of the week, rather, and uh, this week's question of the week, if the monorails are out when it comes to transportation options, what is your preferred transportation option? It's offered by Disney, so so we're removing, you know, Ubers and Lyfts. Or, I guess, minivans as well. Hell, if you want to pick minivans, I guess that's on you, though I, though I hear they're expensive. Who am I? Just only the host of this podcast. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. You can't establish rules. As soon as you do, people break them. It's their favorite thing to do. Yep, one thousand percent. And then and then they yell at me on Twitter, which which it's like 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 why are you yelling at me? This is a podcast about Walt Disney World. Calm down, y'all. Calm down. So uh, that's all the Disney news that I have to report on this week. Um, uh, Jay, thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Does Does Disney. But before we hit the dough, why don't you hit? the love of listeners with some uh, plugs where they can find your wares maybe a live show this Tuesday I don't know that's just me wildly speculating well your speculation is correct we do once again have a Tuesday night live show coming at 8pm Eastern on YouTube search for the Passholder Lounge and you'll see this lovely sometimes purple sometimes green sometimes red logo but it always says the Passholder Lounge um, also at the PHL on Twitter, uh, the Passholder Lounge podcast on Instagram. And I've got an, in all of those places, you can click on a link tree that gets you to every other place, including our brand new Facebook community and the Discord. So this, this show is all about connecting with people. So jump in the community and, and be part of it. 
Yeah, yeah, you can uh, hop in both the Facebook community and the Discord as well, and you can see me occasionally weigh in and uh, leave a snarky comment because apparently that's all I'm good for uh, when it comes to social. I don't think that's true. Well, thank you. I I, I appreciate it. Because I don't think you're good for anything on social media. I'm just kidding. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Boom, suck it, me. I appreciate that. Uh, follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doe. I'm the best, Landon Doe, not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, ButtMuchChips.com, ButtMuchChips. Sit on your butt and munch. And once again, I feel like I say this once a year uh, because I actually do say this once a year. I uh, got the notification that I auto-renewed the URL, so I'm doing but much ships for at least one more year. Um, maybe I should, you know, use it. Maybe post this podcast on on it. I I I don't know. That that feels like that'd be ridiculous. Using the <laughs> website that I'm paying for. No, no, that's 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 too dumb. That's uh, anyway, ludicrous. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Uh, now I, I, I'm I'm more of a Fifty Cent fan, as we've talked about him being in the club. Uh, uh, but you can find outdated stuff I've done in my college radio days, uh, interviews with the cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which, by the way, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is coming back to Adult Swim, which, like, that is phenomenal news. Like, I I am so excited that Aqua Teen is coming back. Um, I love Aqua Teen, and you should love Aqua Teen. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Uh, number one, the hood G. Follow me in my day job as well. I appear on the Phil Show. Newstalk987.com uh, is where you can stream me on the Phil Show. 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, uh, we like to have fun there. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, uh, oh, and uh, Steffers, Steffers <laughs> stuff as well. Uh, at It's Steffers. Adventures with Steffers. Uh, that's our podcast. <laughs> um, Adventures with Steffers everywhere else except Twitter, I think. I don't know what's going on. I'm tired. I was I was up late watching wrestling last night. Uh, the, the Royal Rumble happened. Uh, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. And uh, Sami Zayn turned on the bloodline. So uh, that was that was exciting. Woo! Yeah. Just... You know, that's exciting stuff. I didn't get to watch it, but I'm, I'll probably watch the replay because I, like, I think the Royal Rumble is a fun event. The Royal Rumble is the best wrestling event. Like, like I know everybody's like, oh, it's WrestleMania. T- screw WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble is where it's at. Yeah. So uh, so last night's Royal Rumble, uh, two thumbs up from the does. So uh, if you're a wrestling fan uh, like Jay is, go check out the uh, replay if you didn't catch it live. But uh, Jay, any final thoughts before we hit the dough? No, I have to go get ready to celebrate Theme Park Rob's birthday. Happy birthday, yeah, Theme Park happy, Rob! Happy birthday, Theme Park Rob! Like, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have met a lot of people and make a lot of really good friends through these podcasting endeavors that we've done. But uh, I'm very fortunate, or rather I feel fortunate, to have met Theme Park Rob, and I feel fortunate to call Theme Park Rob a friend. Theme Park Rob is genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met. So I wish him the happiest of the happy birthdays and uh his family's awesome too i just 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 love theme park rob all around so happy birthday theme park rob you're the best rob happy birthday buddy so uh thank a cast member thank a team member disney and universal treat your cast members and your team members like the rock stars that they are and pay them a living wage because without them None of what you have going on, 
None of it happens. We love coming down to your parks. Hell, some of us tolerate coming down to spend all of our money at your parks. But again, without them, it doesn't happen. So treat them like the rock stars that they are. Um, uh, be decent to each other. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their lives. And you don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture can go. It costs you nothing to be nice, so be nice. You don't know what it will mean to somebody else. And uh, take care of yourself. Not just physically, but mentally as well. Because your mental health, just as important as your physical health. And breathe. Have a little bit of fun. You can do both of those things. That would mean the world to me. So for my friend Justin Monorail, and my absent friend Steffers too. Uh, my name is Landon Doan. We thank you so much for coming along on this episode of Dawes Does Disney. You've been great. We've been Dawes Does Disney. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Some internet videos are sad. Well, that's true. Though I try not to watch the sad ones. These are funny. I've cultivated my Facebook feed to where it'll show me like 90% videos like from the Dodo. So all the all the videos that it showed me, most of them start with, this pity puppy was terrified, but you'll never believe what happens when it finds its forever home. So, so I like those videos. Those are those yeah. are nice. Those are sweet. Exactly. <laughs> you like my new hat? I do. That looks cool. What's that from? It's a distillery here. It's a like a whiskey vodka distillery here in uh, in Sanford, and they make moonshine too. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, they, they just all kinds of spirits. But um, they we went over there last night after we left Suffering Bastard, and because they've got this sweet tea vodka that Casey really likes, so she went and got some. And I was I I started putting on hats, and I was like, I like this hat. This hat will now be my hat. Hey, I'm of the mindset. I have a big giant head. If I can find a hat that fits me, it comes home with me. So, yeah. Ah, the Jerky Boys, the movie comes out this week in 1995. I just noticed that there's a, a brand new Teen Wolf the movie based on Teen Wolf the show that was based on Teen Wolf the movie. And I'm feeling like I'm getting pumped. Uh-huh. Yeah. Me and me and Phil talked about that this week. And I had to, I had to kind of have that whole back. Okay. So, so there was a movie and then a sequel and then a TV show. And then the new TV show is based on the TV show that was based on the movie, but not the sequel. <laughs> and the, then there's a spinoff yeah. of the new TV show that's based on the old TV show that's based on the original. It's like, what? Well, in that term, in those terms, then yes, I'm running a marathon. Every you day. heard it right there. He's, he's training for a marathon, everybody. <laughs> we got him on record. Boom. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm honestly stunned that they didn't think about putting Remy back on virtual cube because that line can get unbearable. Yeah. It can. Or unratable. It's, Am I, was, I right? Oh, my yeah, God. I was about there. to do the same thing. Get there. <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> or the best. Slinky dog mac and cheese. <laughs>
You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was Love of the Mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I just always wanted to say that. Oh,